Well, praise the Lord. Wonderful, sweet spirit of the Lord in the room tonight. Amen. I pray that you have had a blessed day in the Lord. Pray that as you're getting ready to start this week, that things are well and that you will experience just the blessing and the favor of God this week and all that you may have before you. But before we start that week, I believe that it's a blessing for you and I to be able to assemble in the house of the Lord and not just once but twice today to be able to worship Him as well as to be maybe challenged and encouraged as well as hopefully uh, equipped by that which we hear to fulfill our purpose and the calling that God has given us today. I'm thankful this morning as we, as our, this afternoon rather, as we reflect on this morning, I'm thankful for the blood that's in the holy place. Amen. I'm thankful that when Christ returned that he did not return empty-handed, but he returned with something in his possession that forever changed uh, history. And today, I'm thankful that we have a high priest that can be touched. And in this moment of time, how many knows that we need Jesus? Amen. We need him present in our lives, in our community. And I'm so thankful that when we call, he's faithful to answer. And so for a few moments tonight, I'm going to uh, just take us on a journey. Uh, if the Lord would help us, won't keep you long tonight. Uh, but I do want to just share with you from the word of the Lord. If you have your Bible, 2 Kings chapter number 7. 2 Kings chapter number 7 will be there in just a moment uh, as you're standing. And for the honoring of the word of the Lord, I do appreciate that. We'll read just a few verses together this, this evening and then I'll kind of give you a backstory to lead you up to where we are. Um, but if the Lord would help me tonight, I want to deal with, uh, for a subject tonight, the unexpected turnaround. The unexpected turnaround. Second Kings chapter number 7, beginning in verse number 1, and we'll read through verse number 7 together. It says, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time, tell your neighbor, say tomorrow about this time. That was weak. I think we can do better. Tell them again. Tell your other neighbor. Maybe they'll listen. Say tomorrow about this time. Don't, don't, don't be so, so down about it. Tomorrow about this time, there shall be a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? What he's really saying is this, that ain't going to happen. What he's simply saying is, that's impossible. And I'll tell you why here in a few moments. He's like, it was very much a mockery statement. And notice it did not deter the prophet of God, but Elisha said, Behold, Thou shalt see it with thy eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. Wow. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate of Samaria. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also because there's nothing here. And now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. But if they kill us, 
we shall but die. Man, what a place to be, right? And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Now, it'd be interesting if we just stopped right there, but we got to figure out why there was nobody there. Verse number six, for the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and they fled for their life. For a few moments tonight, I want to look at this passage of Scripture with you and talk to you about the unexpected turnaround. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you today for your word. Now, Lord, I pray that you would anoint this vessel to speak your word with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit for the next few moments. And let us have ears to hear tonight. We give you praise and glory for all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. The church says, amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord. It is clear throughout Scripture tonight that there are seasons in which God steps in and halts the hand of the enemy. And we'll talk about a few of those in a few moments. But in order for us to really grab a hold of the context of the Scripture that I just read with you, you must first go back to chapter number 6 and kind of get a a summary, if you will, of what is the condition or what is the state of Samaria at this time. You will find if you was to begin in 2 Kings chapter number 1, there is a time of progression. It covers a, a large part of time very quickly in one chapter, but you will find that the, that, that the sons of the prophets is moving and, and they're going into a large area and it's a message you've probably heard preached from many times about the axehead did swim. Anybody remember that story? And, and we, we could talk about a lot of things with that and, and we find that God is miraculously moving on behalf of his people and and there's a lot of things to be celebrating and and things are happening and and it's an exciting time but there's opposition of course like there always is but but we find that there begins to be uprisings but then God brings about victory and then we find that the word of the Lord comes and tells us so don't be fearful of what you see what you hear because I'm going to be with you and we find that to be true and now all of these things began to transpire and it kind of calms down for a season. But then if you was to read in verse number 24 of chapter number six, it says, and it come to pass after a lot of these things has happened that the king of Syria gathered together his host and he went up and he began to besiege Samaria, meaning this, he encircled it, he brought it into a place of captivity and he began to take authority over it and he began to cause there to be a great famine in Samaria. It was so bad that you was finding that there was no food. There was nothing to purchase. Uh, everything had been dried up. Everything was in a state of disarray. And when you start reading from verse 24 through the, the remainder of chapter number 6, you will find that as it was besieged, meaning this, it was under great captivity, that the head of livestock was been sold for fourscore pieces of silver. You will find that it was too so bad that there was a that there was dove's dung that was been sold for five pieces of silver.
silver. Think about that now. Because people were so desperate, uh, because uh, they was just wanting to survive. But if that's not bad enough, you will find that the king of Israel, he was passing upon the wall of the city when all of a sudden he heard a woman cry out. And she was saying, help me. And when you read through this passage, it's very disturbing because he simply, what can I do for you? Seeing the state that every, we're all in a mess is what he was really saying for, no, for, for normal language for us today. He said, what can I do for you? I'm in the same condition of everybody else. But then she says this terrible news in his ears. Said, said this lady here has went, I'm paraphrasing, but if you read the Bible, you'll find this to be there. Simply says, but this lady has went and hit her son because we had came into agreement uh, that we would boil my son and we would eat him, but then today we would boil her son and we would eat him. Think about that, uh, that we come to that such place of desperation. Uh, I want to tell you something today. We, we need to understand this. Uh, we are not the first generation that's been possessed with an iPhone generation. They may not have had the technology in their hand, but you know, we have a generation that's saying it's all about me, 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 me. But you think about this generation in this moment in Samaria, it had become so off track in this moment uh, that a mother, get this, not just one mother, but two mothers uh, had made an agreement that they were so selfish that they was boiled their own children so that they could live. That is hard for me to get my mind around. But please hear me. This is where it was. This isn't make-believe. This is the reality of the day. And it was so bad that this was overwhelming to the king uh, of Samaria. And he begins to cry out. And, and we find that he is overwhelmed with the weight of the situation. And we find that Elijah, or Elisha is sitting in the house. And the elders are sitting with him in this season. And, and all of this stuff has been told. And everything has been experiencing. But all of a sudden, in the midst of great darkness, in the midst of uh, of stuff that seems to be not even able to be real, uh, we find uh, that when you see people are eating dove's dung uh, and they're bowling their children, uh, all of a sudden the prophet just kind of leans up in the gate of the city in chapter number seven where we read and he said, about this time tomorrow, it ain't going to be like it is right now. And that's why I'll give the guy a little bit of credit when he simply says, well, maybe if there was windows in heaven that God could open, then might it happen. But what he was saying is this, we look at it in the natural and there is no way that we will be able to find a measure of fine flour to be sold for a shekel tomorrow. It's impossible. And it's also impossible for there to be two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria because we don't have anything right now. You're telling me that in order for us to sell something at that level, then we are going to have to be in a state of abundance. And right now, we don't have anything. But the prophet simply goes on undeterred and he says to that man, he looks at him and he simply says, you'll see it. But because of your attitude, because of your approach towards the word of God, because your rebellion against the word of God, You'll see it, but you will not be able to partake of it. Now, something was getting ready to change. They did not understand how or what was going to transpire, 
But all of a sudden, sitting in the gate outside the city is four leprous men. They are plagued. They are sick. They are dying. There is no future for them. Think about this just for a moment. It's bad enough if you've got a disease. It's bad enough if you've got the disease of leprosy. Now, not everybody that got leprosy died from leprosy. That's depending on what type and what level of leprosy you had. But if leprosy was treated, there was a process where you would go back and you would show yourself to the priest. And then the priest would give you instructions and you would go through certain things before you could come back into society. But I can tell you that in this particular situation, and you're already diseased, and you're already sick, guess what? If you don't have any food, if you don't have any life-giving source to put in, you're not getting better, but you're getting worse. There's not a whole lot to celebrate. And they understood the condition that they was in, the dire condition, uh, because when you listen to the words of the Lord that we read tonight, it simply says these four leprous men was at the entering into the gate and they said one to another, why do we just sit here until we die? Said if we go into the city, we're going to die there because there's nothing there. If we sit here, we're going to die because there's nothing here. And I understand that there is a host of the enemy. The host of the Syrians is just over there. Now they could kill us or they could have compassion on us when we walk into their camp. But nevertheless, we know this. It doesn't really change our outcome. If they kill us, we're going to die anyway. But we can't just sit here. Now these four leprous men, they got up and they began to take their journey. And they did not have any idea that God was about to use them to create a turnaround. Now, with that background of where we are today, it's clear throughout scriptures, as I said a moment ago, that there are seasons in which God steps in and halts the hand of the enemy, where he'll simply say, that's enough, or you can't go any further. How do we know that to be true? Is one example I can give you tonight is the story of Job. He was a righteous man. He was a man that was perfect in the eyes of the Lord. He's a man that simply told uh, Satan himself, have you considered my servant Job? He is an upright man. And he simply said this, and you know that story? Well, because he is so wealthy, because he's so blessed. That's why he serves you. But we find that everything was taken from him. But the Lord said this, you can take everything that he has, but you can't take his life. What he was simply saying is this, you can go so far, but then I step in. But not only can we talk to you about that story tonight, but we could talk to you about David. We could talk to you about Daniel. We could talk to you about the three Hebrew boys that experienced a fiery furnace trial in front of them. What testimony these men give to the faithfulness of God to his own. However, we also could talk to you tonight about seasons when he used people to carry out specific tasks in which he simply ushered in a reversal, or you could call it a revival or an awakening, or even waves of glory that stopped the enemy in its tracks. A couple of men or, and a couple of individuals, I should say, that we could mention that you're probably familiar with is the story of Jonah and the great fish. We simply also could talk to you about a lady that was by the name of Esther. 
that simply fulfilled their role in a manner where they brought about a reversal for a nation and for a people. But tonight, for a few moments, I want to share with us a time when he just calls the enemy to hear a noise. Isn't it amazing how God does things on behalf of his people? Notice with me in our scripture reading together tonight in 2 Kings chapter number 7, if you look at verse number 6, you will find these words. Simply says, For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses and even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. And therefore they arose and they fled for their lives. Wow. I sincerely believe tonight, due to the gravity of the situation in which we find ourselves, that we are finding ourselves at one of these turning moments and defining moments in our nation as well as the nations of the world once again. And not because of any other reason than this simple fact that God is in covenant with his word and with his people. You and I today must never forget we are covenant people. We are people that God has come into covenant with and therefore... He is bound by his word. He is not bound by your expectation. He is not bound by your preference. But he is bound by his word. And his word is very clear. His word, how many knows this, is a word that does not change. And you will find that when Solomon was uh, finishing the building of the temple, and he is in a time of prayer, he's in a time of alone with the Lord, and all of a sudden the Lord comes and speaks to him. And there's a verse that most of you probably could quote from memory today, and it simply says this, the verse leading up to it says, if I was to shut up heaven, or if I was to cause things to happen unexplainable, if I allowed things to get into a disarray state, rest assured, don't worry about what you see, don't worry about what you hear, because if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and shall seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land that's 2nd Chronicles 7 14 I know we hear a lot of negativity today when it comes to the church world in general but please hear me today the church of our Lord Jesus Christ is alive it's vibrant and it's well don't ever forget that Please hear me. Because of this truth, he will only allow the enemy to go so far. When it comes to the line in the sand, so to speak, that he wrote, wrote, we have to realize that once it comes to that line, immediately he steps in and brings about a divine reversal or an unexpected turn. I sincerely believe that we are approaching this season. I believe we are in this season, in this very moment. You say, how can you come to that conclusion today? Is I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but can I tell you, the things that we are so commonly used to going to the store and getting off of the shelf is no longer present. 
We are very quickly entering into a season that nobody wants to talk about because we're afraid that it's going to bring fear and anxiety and anxiousness to people. Can I tell you, I'm not trying to bring anxiousness or fear to somebody, but I am trying to awaken us to the reality that things are changing. And do you know why that there is things uh, that are important to society today that is very is starting to bring stress to mommies and daddies? Uh, can I tell you, I even saw this week people that we know, people we're connected to, that, that, that they're a little anxious, and by rightfully so, to be honest, because of the simple fact they have little babies uh, and they can't go find formula. Uh, so they're trying to figure out what are we going to do, how are we going to do this? Listen, we think we're getting beyond it, but then all of a sudden, once again, there's another disruption. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, this is a reality of our day. If there is no food, what will people do? You see, oh, but we got plenty of food. I agree. But you have to understand, when we look at nearly over 7 billion people on this planet, there is not a warehouse in this world big enough to feed that many people. And when you have an Assyrian spirit running across the globe where we are besieging land, where we are taking up farmland and we are not allowing the fields to be harvested but we're bringing it and we're tilling it under can I tell you what we are doing is we're bringing people into a place of captivity stay with me it'll get better but it's bringing us into this place because can I tell you don't say oh tomorrow it's going to be okay listen it's only going to be okay for those that's putting their faith and their trust in the Lord because when you wake up in the morning everything could be different We hear about all of the troublesome news uh, in in the airways uh, and on our little devices. And we think that everything is all the way on the other side of the world. Uh, But I want you to understand that if you go to a certain point in the United States of America and you look over just a little bit, you're only about 56 miles from Russia. That's how close we are to those that want to enslave us and utterly destroy us. We're not talking about on the other side of the globe. Please hear me today. You and I are in a place where we must awaken to the reality uh, that everything is not as it's always been. Uh, listen, I, I've read history and I understand the time of the Great Depression uh, and I understand the times of World War I and World War II and other times in history. Uh, and there's a uniqueness about those times, but there's never been a demonic element on display like there is in this moment. Uh, and this is about enslaving a people to control a people uh, and to bring us into subjection uh, so that simply says I want to besiege you so you can't exist uh, and there's something different about this yes there's always been evil uh, but can I tell you uh, there is a great assault upon children like there has never been in history outside of biblical times please hear me We have got to address the issues of our day. uh, And I want to bring you to a place of awareness where you realize uh, that we are not that far away from mommies getting together and say, we'll sacrifice your baby today and we'll sacrifice mine tomorrow just so we can live. Can I tell you, uh, it is a very disturbing hour in which we live. However, 
When we look at this, I, I find that the prophet of God comes on the scene and says, I see the distress, I see the uncertainty, I see the evil, but can I tell you, uh, you're coming to a place, you've come to a threshing floor uh, where the Lord says it can't go any further. Uh, and by this time tomorrow, it's going to look different than it does today. And people said, well, I, I don't know how that's possible. I'll be the first to tell you uh, that what we need to see happen uh, is not possible in the natural, uh, but it takes a supernatural element. Uh, and I'm so thankful that there is still a God in heaven uh, that has not been removed off of his throne tonight, uh, but he is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly what we could ever ask or think. Uh, and I'll tell you tonight that he has not been removed. <coughs> Stay with me. We find if you read your Bible, you will find that when seasons such as this, God does something unexpected. He creates a noise. Now think about it. If you was to read in 2 Samuel chapter number 5, you will find that the Philistines had came up against David. There's in the valley of Rephim. And when they was there, David had inquired of the Lord. And he had done fall them and defeated them once, but now they've come back together. And they're coming against David and his people again. And he says, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Do I go out and fight them like I did the last time or do I do something different? And the Lord says this, I don't want you to do what you did before. He said, this is different. And if you read this story, you'll find in chapter number 5, 22 through 25, it simply says this. You shall not go up. But you will fetch a compass behind them, and you'll come up upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be known that when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, then thou shalt bestir thyself, meaning that they'll get yourself into a movement. And then you shall go before them because the Lord's going to go before you and you're going to go and you're going to smite them and you're going to get victory over them. But notice, he was not allowed to move or advance until first he heard the noise in the top of the mulberry trees. Notice, there was the creation, there was a stepping in, and there was an unexpected move and an unexpected advancement from David and his men in that season and they did not move or respond until they heard the noise now there's another time in history you can read in second kings chapter number 18 you find that it says the king hezekiah he was in a state where the fence cities of judah had been overtaken in chapter number 18 you can read of that and it come to pass in, verse, in chapter number 19 that when Hez, King Hezekiah heard about it, that he rent his clothes, he sat down in sackcloth and ashes, he covered himself, and he went to the house of the Lord, and he was simply saying, Lord, what do we do? And all of a sudden, the servants of Hezekiah, they come to Isaiah the prophet, and Isaiah says to them, go tell your master, go tell King Hezekiah, don't be afraid of what he's heard. But tell him this, behold, I will send a blast. Somebody say a noise. It says, I'll send a blast up on him, and he shall hear a rumor, 
and he shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. The Lord simply said this, don't worry about what you hear, what you see. King Hezekiah, know this, I'm about to do something. I'm going to create a noise, and your enemy is going to turn, and he's going to run. He's going to go back to where he came from, but in the midst of his going back, there's going to be an attack come to him, and he's going to die in his own land. These are just a couple examples in which people heard a noise. But let's return to our text for a few moments. Samaria is in a famine. Food is not available. People are spending ungodly amounts on things that they would normally put in their body just to try to survive. And they become so off-kiltered that they're even boiling their children And it looks like there is no escape for anybody when all of a sudden, in the midst of a spirit of hopelessness in the land of Samaria, God simply comes along and says, I'm going to do something unexpected. In my lifetime, there has never been such a spirit of hopelessness and anxiety and fear upon the people in this nation as well as the nations of the world in the last 50 years as there is right now. And this has propelled us into a place where we're seeing some very disturbing things. And as I was thinking and spending time alone with the Lord, things began to be downloaded into my spirit. And I find that like In the days of Samaria, in the midst of famine, the Lord simply said, I'm going to do something different. Nobody was expecting it. But all of a sudden, four leprous men said, why will we continue to sit here and die? These four men got up from where they was in their weakness, in their sickness, in their scarred bodies, And they began to walk towards the enemy. But what they did not know was that God was about to cause the enemy to hear a noise. The prophet had said about this time tomorrow, it's not going to look like it does today. What they did not know was that there was getting ready to be an intervention in the spiritual realm that would change everything. I stand before you tonight in the midst of a lot of uncertainty, but I stand here before you tonight with great anticipation and expectation because I sincerely believe with everything in me that God is getting ready to allow the enemy to hear a noise one more time. As I began to spend time alone with the Lord, I began to hear in my spirit very clearly that there is getting ready to be a noise in the ears of the enemy where they're going to begin to hear things that's not even there. But God is going to cause them to behave in manners that they normally would not behave. Think about it. In the camp of the Syrians, they have more than enough. 
everything is at their fingertips. They have the fine flour. They have all measures of barley. There is no lack in their camp, but they have everything in their possession. And they look from where they're sitting and say, we have everything like we want it. Everything is in control. Everything is falling into place like we desire it to. But what they did not know is that there was four leprous men that said, we're not going to just sit here and die. We're going to begin to move towards them. And we don't know what's going to happen But we know this, that we're going to begin to move. And they did not know that God was getting ready to use them in a stricken state, in a weakened state, uh, in a state where others said there's no value to them. All of a sudden, they stepped out. And and as they began to walk, and I I can only picture this in my mind, uh, but I believe that because of what we read in the text, when it simply says this, uh, the Lord calls them to hear a noise, uh, calls them to hear not just any noise, Noise, uh, but a noise of horses uh, and even the noise of a great host and even the noise of chariot wheels. Uh, I cannot believe other than this, that every time those four leprous men took a step from the place of death uh, that they were sitting in, that every time they put their feet down, it sounded like horses' hoofs. Uh, every time they moved another foot, it sounded like chariot wheels rolling. Uh, every time they began to move, it sounded like a great host uh, was coming towards Syria. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, they began to hear something in the midst of their glory, uh, in the midst of their self Attitude in the midst of their saying, oh, we've got it like we want it. Uh, all of a sudden, they began to be unnerved because in the midst of the darkness, all of a sudden, uh, they said, do you hear that? Uh, do you hear that? Uh, something's coming. Uh, who is that? Is that one horse? No, that's multiple horses. Uh, no, that's not just horses, but that's chariot wheels. Uh, I don't think that's just a few chariots. I don't think that's just a couple of horses, uh, but I think that's a host of people. Uh, is it possible uh, how is it possible, but is it possible uh, that the king of, Syria, uh, of Samaria, uh, did he happen to, did he have something that we did not know he had? Uh, did he have finances that we did not know that he had? Did he go hire the king of the Egyptians? Uh, did he go hire a host to come against us? Uh, and fear began to grip their heart in such a way uh, that they began to be in panic uh, in such a manner. They didn't take anything with them, uh, but they jumped up from their tent uh, and they ran for their life Uh, and when four leprous men walked into the camp it says that there was not a man there uh, and the reason there was nobody there uh, is because they had heard a noise Uh, can I tell you and when they walked in uh, they began to go from tent to tent uh, and they began to take gold and silver they sat down and fed themselves Uh, then they went to another tent and another tent and then all of a sudden they said we're not doing right Uh, we got to go back and tell the city uh, that, listen, uh, there's nothing uh, out here to keep them in a state of where they are. Uh, I'm going to preach just for a moment and tell you tonight uh, that there's a noise uh, that I believe has been released. Uh, I know what the world says about the church. Uh, I know they says, oh, it's this and that. Uh, we may have some leopard spots on us. Uh, we may not be perfect, uh, but can I tell you, we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, we may have some scars of our past but there is an uprising of the church and we're beginning to 
walk towards the enemy and I come to tell somebody uh, that there's an unexpected turnaround that's coming. Uh, in the midst of uncertainty, uh, in the midst of not knowing, uh, I know this, God loves us too much to leave us where we are uh, and therefore I will not be down, uh, I will not be discouraged, but I will stand in faith. Hear me tonight, I'm hurrying. We find that Samaria in a state of disarray with no, nothing to offer, all of a sudden begins to find itself in a place of complete reversal because of God creating a noise. Now, the United States of America and many other nations right now is under the grip of the enemy. There are people that's doing everything in their power to besiege us and destroy us and to bring us into captivity. But I come to tell you today that God has not yet done with this nation, nor has he done with the church that's inside of her. And therefore, there is a noise that is beginning to be heard in the ears of the enemy. And I stand here and I prophetically say to you, without hesitation, and it may not be popular, but I'm going to tell you something. There is about to be a noise heard in the ears of politicians. Uh, there's about to be a noise heard in people in places of high authority in business, uh, and business, and even especially in the food industry, uh, in those that are trying to control, and even in the AI industry, uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, there's a lot of activity. Uh, there's a lot of movement, uh, and there is about to be a noise heard, and there's some things that they have been doing. Uh, there's some areas that they're tapping into that should never have been touched, uh, and there's about to be a reversal and they're about to hear a noise uh, because right now they think oh I'm invincible nothing's going to stop us from what we're doing uh, but I come to tell you uh, that God's not yet done with us man I feel the anointing tonight uh, but God's about to make a noise heard uh, there's an enemy that's about to hear some horses hoofs uh, there's an enemy about to hear some chariot wheels uh, there's an enemy that's about to hear a great host uh, and it's not the host of man uh, but it's about the host of the heavenlies uh, can I tell you uh, I I believe that there's an angel army that's about to be dispatched on behalf of the church uh, and it's about to join forces with the blood-bought saints of God uh, and we're about to move forward in victory. Uh, can I tell you, I know uh, it may look like it's just doves dung today, uh, but I'm telling you about this time tomorrow. Uh, there's about to be some fine flour uh, and there's about to be some barley in the cupboard again. Uh, listen, uh, that barrel of meal is not going to fail, uh, but there's about to be an increase. Uh, Man cannot live on bread alone. That's why there's about to be something brought back to the storehouse. Can I tell you, as I said this morning, it's still the blood. It's still the blood. But can I tell you, there's a noise that gets in the ears of the enemy. But at the same time of that, there's also another noise. And it was fine, we find in Scripture, in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, when the day of Pentecost had finally come, there was in one mind and 
one accord and suddenly uh, there was a noise uh, from the heavenlies uh, and it came down and it set up on them. Uh, I come to tell somebody uh, there's an unexpected turnaround. Uh, we're not supposed to have revival. Uh, we're not supposed to have miracle signs and wonders. Uh, we're not supposed to be excited in this season. Uh, we're not supposed to be filled with hope and joy. Uh, oh, but somebody's about to hear a noise uh, and the enemy's about to be driven back uh, and there's about to be a shout of boy. Uh, oh, somebody ought to help me preach tonight uh, because that noise means uh, that the enemy's gonna leave its position. Uh, that means the one that's got your children in bondage uh, is gonna lose its grip. Uh, that means the one that's trying to destroy a generation uh, isn't gonna be present. Uh, but then it goes back to its place. Uh, there is an ambushment of the spirit uh, and there is life uh, that are gonna be cut off uh, that have brought nothing but evil. Please hear me tonight. Life is returning. Increase is coming. And it's an unexpected turnaround. The religious people don't like expect it. They don't even want it. Well, bless God. This is, no, 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 no. You don't need to be one of them. You need to be a blood-bought saint of God that says my God is more than able. The same God that fought for David. Uh, the same God that fought for Daniel. Uh, the same God that fought for the three Hebrew boys. Uh, the same God uh, that has proved himself mightily uh, is the same God uh, that's not just walking with me, uh, but he's living in me. Uh, and because he is present, uh, I don't have to allow my eyes uh, to tell me how it's going to end. Uh, but I come to tell you in the spirit, uh, there's a noise. Uh, and this noise uh, is driving back the enemy. Uh, and there's a shout of rejoicing coming. Does anybody believe it tonight? I'm bringing this to a close this evening. The unexpected turnaround cannot be ignored. Their feet was about to create a noise. Their movement was about to create a noise. Here's what I want to say to us tonight. If anybody's willing to put their faith and trust in the Lord and stand and begin to walk this walk of faith, I believe this. Your footsteps are about to cause the enemy to hear the noise of horses' hoofs and chariot wheels and of a great host. You see, it's not enough to say, I believe. The devil believes. But Abraham is a great example of one to not just say I have faith, but to operate in faith. I understand that we're not saved by works, but can I tell you, if we are men and women of faith, there will be works. That means there will be movement. And if we begin to move in faith, it's going to mean this. We're going to look around at the situation and say, why would we sit here till we die? Why would we sit here? No reason to sit here. I don't have it all quite figured out of what every little piece of the puzzle may look like, but I know this. If by faith I'll start walking towards my enemy, every time I put my foot down, the enemy's going to hear something that's going to cause fear to penetrate its heart. And by the time I get there, the enemy's no longer going to be present. And that's why David, when he was in a place of disarray, after Ziglag was been burned and he went and got the ephod and he said, Lord, what shall I do? Shall I pursue? The Lord simply said, yes, you shall pursue and you will recover all. 
Why? Is because he said, if you have enough faith to trust me, I'm going to bring an unexpected turnaround for your situation. Yes, there was ashes and smoldering things in the city of Ziglag, but there was something that was about to be returned. Can I tell you today, I sincerely believe that there is about to be a reversal that's bringing things back into the possession of the people of God. There is a generation that's getting ready to be snatched from the hand of the enemy. And they are getting ready to become the forerunners for the return of Christ. There is a John the Baptist anointing getting ready to come to a generation because they're getting ready to be snatched from the enemy. And God is getting ready to anoint a generation to begin to proclaim the return of our Lord. Please hear me. We must in this moment begin to simply trust in him. As they come to the music tonight, please hear me. It's not going to be like it is. I sincerely believe that maybe you're here today and there's some things in your life. Or maybe you're joining us on the way of internet tonight and there's some things in your life that seems overwhelming. But if you'll make a decision to go with God and to truly trust him. By this time tomorrow, I believe it'll be different. I'm not talking about fluff. I'm not talking about playing on people's emotions, but I'm talking about I'm seeing and witnessing the things of God began to be manifested in a unique and special way. I was driving down the road yesterday and got a message from somebody I don't even know. I simply said, we listened to your message on Thursday. And there's things in my life that has had me bound for years. And because of the message that was preached, I am free from the wounds that I've carried for years. And I say, thank you, Jesus. Because what happens is when the word of the Lord in this season begins to go forward, it begins to cause the enemy to hear things in its ear and it can't stay where it's been. You know why it can't stay is because it has no right I want you to hear me today. The enemy does not have a right for your children. Does not have the right for your marriage. Does not have the right for your community. Does not have the right to take this nation. But the Lord says, I'll let things go so far. But when it comes to this, I'm going to step in. I sincerely, sincerely believe that we're in a season where he's just stepping in. There's a noise. There's a noise. And this noise is getting ready to bring a release. Church, there's never been more of an important time for you and I to be found faithful Our nation, the nations of the world are in a very critical place. But for those that will put their faith and trust in the Lord, they're going to witness and they're going to see. This past week, we've seen some amazing things. 
We've seen an enemy become emboldened. We see, and as I've shared with you for several months, the drumbeats of war seem to be getting louder and louder all the time. There's a boldness. There's a disarray. There's a re- it looks hopeless in a lot of things. But God, tonight, but God, prophet said about this time tomorrow you're going to be in a place where there's more than enough well if possibly there was windows in heaven then maybe that would be possible but can I tell you there is windows in heaven he's able to open up portals and I sincerely believe that one of those portals is this nation God's getting ready to do something. It's not going to be expected. It's not even going to necessarily be received by the religious world. And we're already seeing some things, very early stages. Please hear me. There are those in places of power and authority that's getting ready to be dealt with on a greater level than we have ever seen. There is going to be, I sincerely, man, I sense this in my spirit. You are going to witness much of what we did when we saw a young football player die on the field and we saw news anchors for a few hours and sportscasters did not know what to say or what to do. It's going to become normal because there's getting ready, I believe, in the next few days the next few weeks there's going to be things begin to happen and what it is it's going to be the result of the enemy having to retrieve and when they ran retrieve there's going to be things happen and things going to begin they're not going to be able to explain how and why this is moving but as men and women of God we have the discernment of the Holy Spirit and you and I are going to be able to know simply this the people of God say that's God at work God is doing something It's a noise in the spirit. And that noise is bringing things back to a place because, listen, when they lose their place and their position, it takes them from a place where they're able to operate with that hand of control. And they're going to have to release that hand. And there's getting ready to be a freshness come back to the city. I believe we are Stepping in to a third great awakening that's greater than what anybody is even prepared for in this moment. I challenge us tonight to make preparation for this unexpected turnaround. What's that look like, Pastor? Here's the question. How will you respond? How will I respond if you was to walk in here next Sunday morning and there'd be 50 to 75 new people that are fresh out of sin that doesn't know anything but they need you to put your arms around them and love them. How will you respond? Because that's what's going to be the result of it. Can I tell you, sin takes you to a place that people don't want to be. On Thursday evening, and 
south side of Muncie, I was amongst some wonderful people. Half of the people there, they didn't lift their hand to simply say in the time of prayer request is, give me a better job or Lord do this or do that. But the hand was going up and said, I'm still homeless. I need a place to live. When I left and went and sat down at the restaurant and got me a nice little meal because I hadn't ate that day yet, many of them was going to a shelter just to have a place from the elements. Many of them didn't smell very well. Many of them had clothes that hadn't been washed probably for weeks. I can tell you this today before Jade and I left they didn't smell like me but I smelled like them because we put our arms around them and we loved them and we prayed with them and we gave them hope because I believe in the message that I'm preaching tonight when it looks like it's hopeless there's a noise driving back the enemy off of their life and there's a future for them please hear me you and I are in one of the greatest moments there's a harvest getting ready to come let's not waste this opportunity I know you may have some things you're struggling with and going through but can I tell you by this time tomorrow it's been rolling in my spirit for the last 48 hours by this time tomorrow See, I'm believing for God to do some mighty things. I'm not asking him to do little things. I'm not asking him to fix a hangnail, so to speak. But I'm asking him for some big things. See, I'm asking him to dispel cancer from bodies. See, I'm asking him to bring hope to the hopeless. I'm asking him to bring salvation to the one that's about to take their life. Listen, can I tell you, I'm asking him for the big things. Because I know he can do it. And I know everything that we have need of today is not really that far away. It's just in the hands of an enemy that says, no, you're not going to have it. But can I tell you, I'm believing God to supernaturally bring provision in every avenue of life for us to do what God has birthed in the heart of his people to do. And that is to create a place. where there could be divine reversal. There is new things coming. So don't let your eyes keep you from what God's about to do. If you have to, close your eyes and just hear what the word of the Lord is saying, just like he did to the prophet Elisha. He simply said, about this time tomorrow, we're getting ready to get rid of some things and there's getting ready to be some things brought back. I'm thankful that there's some fine flour And there's some barley coming back to the house of the Lord. And we're about to see 
and witness the miracle-working power of God. Amen. Let's stand all over the house tonight, if you would, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If this word has ministered to your heart tonight, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Right where you are this evening. Or if you feel led and would like to, you can come and stand in the front of this building, whatever you feel like doing. But I want us to begin to enter into a time of a prayer of agreement. Where we would join our faith together and say, God, I'm believing that you're getting ready to bring about an unexpected turnaround in this nation and in our families and in our communities. I believe tonight that even as we are standing in faith, believing and praying the prayer of agreement, that there's beginning to be the sound in the ears of the enemies of God's people. And we know this, God did not give his people a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. But there is, do you understand this, that scripture teaches us, and then we're going to pray, that God has the ability to bring and release a troubling spirit upon people. Do you understand that when Saul walked in disobedience to the Lord, that the Lord sent a troubling spirit to him and troubled him? You read that in your Bible. And I believe that that troubling spirit has been released, and it's not been released to the church, but it's been released to those that has been opposing. And I believe that there is men and women that's getting ready to have to deal with the noise of a troubling spirit and God is going to begin to position them and cause them to move. I believe you're going to hear and see unexpected. And I've already seen one this week. Unexpectedly, it happened. Nobody saw it coming. But someone of great power just walked in and began to resign. I sincerely believe that God is going to cause people. There's going to be such noise from this troubling spirit that's going to cause people just to throw in the towel, so to speak, and say, we can't do this. And they don't even know why. And I don't believe that's just in the political arena. I don't believe that's just in business arena. But I believe that's even in the church world. I believe there's a removal of harlings out of the platform, and there's going to be true shepherds brought back to usher in this move of God that's getting ready to come. Please hear me. There's a noise. And while the world is hearing one noise, I believe that as the church comes back into the place of unity with the things of God, the Word of God, and the plans of God, there's going to be another noise that suddenly comes down and sets upon us where we're going to have another fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's getting ready to usher us in to be witnesses in such a manner that we, like the early church, begins to experience a great harvest. 
So today, I want, if you believe those things, you can join hands with the person beside you if you feel. Or you can step from your seat and come and stand in front of this building and join together however you feel comfortable. And I want us to pray right now this prayer of agreement. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. And Lord, today we stand and we lift our voice, we lift our hands before you. And Lord, we thank you that you are one that steps in, that you are one that meets us in our place of need. But Lord, also I'm thankful that you are the one that goes before us and that you make a way even in the death and when there seems to be no way. Father, today, Lord, as we, your people, join our faith together, we have heard your word. Lord, we are processing your word. We're eating of that word tonight. And Lord, we're believing that word to be true. Lord, that just like you did in 2 Kings chapter 7, in this season, in the midst of a time of disarray, a time of uncertainty, a time of where everything seems to be upside down, but Lord, you're going to cause the enemy to begin to hear a noise. And Lord, because of that noise, they're going to begin to experience and deal with a troubling spirit that's going to cause them to leave their post. And Lord, we are going to be able to come and we are going to be able to experience a breakthrough and a divine reversal. Lord, I thank you for the reversal that's coming to our nation. I thank you for the freshness of your spirit that's coming to a generation. Lord, I thank you for life that's about to be spared. I thank you for miracle working power that's going to be on display. Lord, I thank you for the turnaround that's coming in families, uh, Lord, in communities across the states of this great nation. And Lord, I thank you for the wind of revival and I thank you for the great awakening that's taking place and that's about to be birthed even greater than what we have even imagined, I believe, up to this point. And Father, today I pray. Lord, I pray for there to be a sense of boldness and a sense of urgency. Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing upon your people tonight. Lord, on this Sunday evening as we stand in your sanctuary. Lord, I pray, revive us again. Oh, God, let us dream again. Oh, God, let us put our faith and our trust in you again. Lord, let us not be discouraged. Let us not be distracted. But, Lord, let us stand. Lord, let us stand with a, with a boldness and a fire fire of your spirit where we would willingly and quickly put on the whole armor of God in this season so now Lord I pray I pray for wisdom I pray for understanding I pray for divine direction to be given to your people in this season help us Lord to not lean into our own understanding, but in all of our ways, help us to acknowledge you. And Lord, I pray for spiritual fortitude to come to every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, to stand in this season and to boldly proclaim their commitment and their faith in you. Help us, Lord to be the ambassadors that you've called us to be for such a time as this. And Lord, I pray that you would give us fruit for our labors. Lord, I pray that this would be a week of opportunity, a week of blessing. 
a week in which we walk with the power and the anointing of God in such a way, Lord, that once again we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. Father, today, let men be drawn to us and give us the ability to proclaim and to articulate the saving, saving, glorious gospel to those that we come in contact with, with an anointing that will cause every stronghold to be broken. And Lord, we'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. So today, Father, as we prepare to go from this house, go with us, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Bring us back safely this coming midweek. And Lord, help us to be found faithfully following you. And the church says, amen. Pastor Jade here, I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us, follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we'll see you again soon. We love you, so does God.